had um, an incredible Christmas Angels party and live nativity last night. And I know we've shown pictures and I know we've talked about it a little bit this morning, but I, I just have to share with you that I was so pleased when our, uh, our Santa Claus uh, chose the Christmas story as his Christmas story. Um, for so many of those kids, uh, it may be the only exposure they get to the real meaning of Christmas. And for them to see maybe the one figure that they understand to be representative of Christmas, that being Santa Claus, um, talk about Jesus as the reason that we do all of this every year uh, just brought a tremendous amount of joy, I think, to this congregation to witness that. I've heard several comments. Um, that's, that's the way it should be. And so uh, this morning, we lit the Advent candle of joy. And it's fitting that our epistle this morning from, <clears throat> from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, from his first letter, is about joy. He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets. But test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. See, Paul's reminding us this Advent season that we're in the middle of that we need to be cheerful, joyful, no matter what. Not only that, but we need to pray, not some of the time, but all of the time. And we need to thank God, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what happens, because this is the way God wants you and me as believers. This is how he wants us as believers in Christ to live. So we need to look at that, I think, just a little bit closer this morning. See, in order to rejoice always, regardless of what's going on in our lives, we have to pray without ceasing. See, it's a conditional statement that Paul is giving us. In order to have joy always, we must always be praying. Now, if you look at the original Greek, the translation there is pray without intermission. Intermission. Pray without allowing prayerless gaps to occur 
between the times that we are in prayer. Prayerless gaps. Do we have those in our lives? Are there times when we are just not in tune, in communication with our Father in heaven? See, the idea here is that joy, real joy, requires constant and continuous communion and communication with God. And if we allow ourselves to become disconnected, then we allow this separation between ourselves and God. And God is the one true source of joy. How can we be joyful without the one who is the source of joy? It's not as easy as Paul writes, is it? To stay connected through prayer with our Heavenly Father at all times, is it? There's so many distractions in the world. The state of rejoicing always, regardless of the circumstances, of being in constant prayer. See, this is not merely a recommendation. This is a command. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus for how we are to live by doing these three things that Paul has outlined for us. One, rejoice always. Two, pray without ceasing. And three, give thanks in all circumstances. That's a list. And it's a complete list in its totality. You can't rejoice always without praying, uh, without praying unceasingly. And, and you can't pray unceasingly without an attitude of thanksgiving for all that God has done and will do. They all go together. You can't have one without the other. We have to do all three. And then Paul reminds us, don't suppress the Holy Spirit. Don't stifle those who have a word from the master. In other words, don't put out the Holy Spirit fire in others. Don't throw cold water on those who under extraordinary inspiration from the spirit stand up to speak perhaps with tongues or just to reveal the mystery of faith working in their lives or if they stand up to pray out loud in the congregation, which we'll have an opportunity to do. Don't throw cold water on the inspiration of the spirit that is at work in the lives of people of faith around you. But then on the other hand, Paul says, while you're at it, don't be gullible. Check everything out. Keep only what's good. Throw out everything that's tainted with evil. See, he's warning us here, just don't go blindly and accept everything that you see and you hear, even things that take place in the church, others professing to be Christian, don't just blindly accept it, but do your homework, get into God's word and test everything against what God says in scripture. If I say something from the pulpit and it raises a red flag, then by all means, 
pick up your Bible and hold me accountable. Because I never want to say anything from this pulpit that's not from this. And by the same token, if you're in Bible study and we have a conversation, which we often do, and that's a free and open space. Anybody can talk about anything. Anybody has an opinion on what it is that we're studying. We talk about it openly. And we may not always agree. But we always go back to Scripture to verify what's being talked about. And then finally in this passage, Paul gives us a blessing and a promise. He says, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, that God, may he make you holy and whole. May he put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, then he'll do it. So Paul tells us to rejoice always. To rejoice always. To experience and live in joy for now and forevermore. Now joy is a lot of things to us. See, Advent is an emotional time for us. And joy for we humans is expressed in a variety of ways, one of which is emotionally. But I think we sell joy a little bit short if we treat it just as another emotion. See, joy is much, much more than emotion, isn't it? Joy is an attitude. Joy is a choice. Joy is a way of living that, if practiced well, becomes a way of life. Let me say that again. Joy is a way of living that, if practiced well, becomes a way of life. See, this past week I had a visit from a woman representing the ladies' auxiliary group at Tomball Regional Hospital. You see, among their many duties in the hospital, taking care of patients' needs and uh, providing all manner of services, the ladies' auxiliary in, in the regional hospitals around our area um, operate gift shops. You didn't know that, did you? Most of the gift shops are not for-profit enterprises. They're actually non-profits that provide a service. And this particular gift shop, uh, it's, it's what the IRS calls a 501c3 not-for-profit charity. Well, even not-for-profits uh, sometimes have to make a profit in order to stay in business. And this one apparently in Tomball wasn't doing so well. And so the decision was made by their board of directors to shut down the gift shop in Tomball Regional Hospital. 
this is a, a nonprofit that served this community for, for many years um, in the region. And in order to close it down, because it's a 501c3 charity, they have to take what money they have in the bank and, and disperse it to other charities. That's the way you shut a nonprofit down, is you disperse the funds to other nonprofits. And so this lady visited me in my office at the clinic, and she told me that this was a difficult time for the auxiliary because the gift shop had been a part of their life for so many years. And her eyes began to well up a bit, but at the same time she smiled as she handed me a check for $10,000. And she explained that the auxiliary valued the work of the clinic, which takes care of the needs of, of poor people that don't have insurance and don't have enough money for health care, and so they come to the clinic. She said, we value your work and the, taking care of the health needs of the poor in the community. And she said, as she was crying, tears not of joy, but of sadness, she said, it gives me great joy to be able to give this money to the clinic. And I thought, wow, that is an example of joy regardless of circumstances. Those were genuine tears of sadness. And it was a genuine smile on her face at the same time. What a magnificent creation God has made in us that we are capable of processing so many human emotions at the same time in the same circumstance. True sadness and real joy at the same time. Why? Because rejoicing always is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. We're commanded to be joyful no matter what. And right there in that instance, I saw that very clearly in this woman. This season, Advent, is a season full of emotions for us, isn't it? I know for a fact that there are some who are suffering through this Advent season. There's illness, there's financial strain, there's perhaps the loss of somebody very near and dear to us. For whatever reason, joy may not be the first thing that you think of as this Christmas season advances. But I'm here to remind you this morning to count it all as joy, as it says in James. In fact, let me read that verse. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect. Let endurance, let the suffering run its course. Why? So that you may be mature and complete 
and lacking in nothing. God allows suffering Let me say that again. He allows suffering, does not cause suffering. He allows suffering in our lives in order for us to cultivate this thing called endurance so that we can become mature and complete and lacking in nothing. And so no matter what emotional ride we're on this Advent season, let's let the underlying current be that of joy in all circumstances. Because the hope and the love that Jesus brings to us is reason enough to rejoice this season. And all of that together well, that gives us peace. That peace that the Bible talks about that passes all understanding. We don't know why the nonprofit gift shop had to close. We don't know why we had to endure that sadness, these ladies in the auxiliary. We don't know why they had to do that. But in her, her tears and in her, her smiling face as she handed off the proceeds from the closing of that nonprofit, there was a peace about it that everything had come full circle, that, that the purpose of that gift shop had come to maturity, had come to completeness, and in their ability to provide for the health and well-being of people in the community, well, there was no lack. No one lacked for anything. The peace that passes all understanding was evident on her face, and that peace in those circumstances only occurs through our abiding in the Father and in the Son and in the Holy Spirit. Abiding in God. That's the reason for the season.